Welcome back to You Got to Know. I'm Bo. I'm Rat. And I, oh, we're talking about Snow White, mother. We're talking about a very specific Snow White that I had never heard of until, obviously, the podcast. I have wanted to watch this version of Snow White for years because, listen, okay, I have, like everything we talk about, I have a backstory with Snow White. Yeah, because, like, I found out about this version because Kristen Crook plays Snow White. Um, and I adore Kristen Crook from Smallville, which was, like, my as a kid. Uh, pretty much if it was on the WB, I was obsessed with it. But also, um, when I was a little kid, when my mom first had me, she will talk about this all the fucking time. I was her little Snow White because I'm Irish and Dutch. I'm pale as f- I have really dark hair and I'm a very flushed person. So my entire childhood, like you were the Alice, I was the Snow White. <laughs> yeah, we were typecast from birth. Yeah, but I... Unlike Alice in Wonderland, where it's like a point of pride that I have watched almost every single version, with Snow White, I am deeply picky. Like, if it does not fit, like, my personal preferences for the story, I'm not really interested. And this is one of the few Snow Whites that, like, gets me. Like, it it does my favorite parts of it. And there's so many times where like, just looking at this movie, it's like flipping through my childhood fairy tale books, but also not a shock. It's a Hallmark fantasy movie. Which is basically your brand of fantasy. Yeah. This, this, this is what I have been chasing since I watched 10th Kingdom premiere as a baby. It has a very, like, specific genre of fantasy that 10th Kingdom managed to capture. It's its its own specific brand. It's hard to yeah. describe other than Hallmark fantasy, but not all Hallmark mm-hmm. fantasy has this vibe. I know what it is. It feels like... The movie is being filmed in one of those fantasy theme parks that pop up along the freeway that you always see on a road trip, but you've never actually visited. Yes. Oh, Efteling. Efteling. That's what it is. I forgot about Efteling. Okay, listen to me. Listen to me right now. As I am telling you this, please, I am begging you. Go to YouTube. Open the search. Look for Momo O'Brien. And watch her vlog going to Efteling. That is my aesthetic. Yeah. That is the vibe. It's not I fantasy movie. That. It's fantasy park. It's it's the way that fairy tale feels when you're a kid. It looks the way it feels. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> but, like, specifically, it captures the way, like, it feels mm-hmm. when you go to one of those mm-hmm. parks as a kid. And, like back at the pictures as an adult you're like wow they really half-assed some of these props but when you were a kid it felt real yeah like it felt like that's what i love about the hallmark movies because it doesn't age that poorly like to me the few like this is what i want fantasy movies to still look like because to me this looks the best fantasy can ever get it's yeah the effects that they used were really like 
they weren't bad. Some of them were obviously very dated, and if you saw them now, you would think, oh, this is a modern technology failure yeah. kind of aesthetic. Like, one of the effects, it looked like they had just halved the frame yeah. rate of one particular mm -hmm. character, which looked to me like what happens when you're having a video game error. Yeah. But what it wouldn't have looked like that mm -hmm. when this was like when this came yeah. out because people had never experienced frame drop video games in the <laughs> like well, oh um what year did this come out 2001 yes because it came yeah, out right before smallville and honestly i will still stand by using low frame rate i don't care what anyone says i think it looks cool I will never be able to not see it as the video game is on a computer that can't handle it. But at the same time, when it's in contrast with a bunch of other perfectly regular looking things, like it was just one character in one part of the screen and the rest of the shot around him was moving normally. Mm -hmm. So that definitely, it, it completes the effect. It takes me out of I'm trapped in video game land. I, okay. I, I'm trying to contain myself so that we can get into it because there's, there's so much. Okay. Okay. Before, before we get into this, I want to highlight the cast because this was another one of those movies where every goddamn person I recognized and some of them, I didn't know why I recognized until afterwards, like Miranda Richardson, who plays the queen, Queen Elsbeth, good omens. She was Shax and Madame Tracy. <laughs> it's, 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 oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting so excited over this cast that like, I can't, I can't speak <laughs> because. Love that for you. We're going to be seeing pretty much every single one of these guys in every season of this podcast. We're going to see at least one of them. Because, okay, Miranda Richardson, Tom Irwin, Vera Farmiga. Kristen Kruick, Clancy Brown. You feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? No. He, he's Mr. Krabs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, the, the creepy green-eyed dude. That was Mr. Krabs. Huh. Oh my god, I, I can't believe I forgot to I say that when I recognized him. I didn't even notice. Yeah, because my first thought was, oh, Star Trek. Because that was the last thing I saw him. Bunge boy me, Bob, I've been murdered by a floating mirror. Vincent Schiavelli, Jose Zuniga, Michael J. Anderson. We're going to see so much of him. We're going to see so much of him again. I'm so excited. Warwick Davis, Michael Gilden, Martin Kleba. Kleba? Oh no. I feel so bad if I mispronounced that because I, he's another one of those actors where I'm like, it's him! You're awesome! <laughs> Mark J. Trombino and Penny Blake. <sighs> I love them. I love them so much. Oh my god. We're gonna see every single one of these guys again throughout all the shows we're watching. I don't recognize any of those names. Oh, you're gonna recognize their faces. You already recognize Acorn! The dwarf. Oh, I did. I did. From tenth kingdom. I did recognize Acorn the dwarf. I I saw him and was just like, oh, 
Yeah. Okay. Let's let's get it together. Yeah. Let's get into the plot. Let's get into the plot. I can feel I'm trying to focus, but this movie has tapped into my autism in such a specific way that I'm like a very specific brand of autism. <laughs> I am shaking with excitement. I can't like I'm I'm Oh my god. Okay, okay but consider this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh. ASMR, bitch. I forgot about the candy apples. Let me get mine. Yeah. How do you? How are you biting into a candy apple? What fresh hell did you crawl out of that you bite a candy apple? I'm built different. Oh, God. Whatever. I'm getting mine. If you're going to have a snack during the podcast, so am I. <laughs> oh, the listeners are going to love this one. <laughs> All right. I'm so glad these aren't the stupid f***ing red apples that taste like you're chewing on mine. Yeah. I hate those. I love pink ladies. Yes, they're so good. Okay. We start with John and Josephine, uh, who we get the classic opening where Snow White's mother opens the window or she's trying to close the window. I don't know. Either way, there's a window and she pricks her finger on a nail and watches it stain. I In my stories, it was always snow, but in this one, I think it was flowers. It was flowers. It was a yeah. lot of like, I think they were like hydrangeas or something, but they were yeah. like really pale, obviously, because white, yeah. but. And they end up having the child uh, or wishing to have a child after, you know, she drops her blood on the flowers. Um, with skin white as snow, lips red as blood, and hair black as ebony. And they name her Snow White. And then Josephine dies in childbirth. She sure does. Because <laughs> no one gets to have a mom. <laughs> the way that this started out, definitely, it felt like a great pick for a Halloween movie. Because they were definitely mm -hmm. leaning into, like, the spooky. Yeah. In, like... The way where it's like, this isn't meant to be a Halloween fairy tale movie, but this is meant to be yeah. a mild horror fairy tale. Yeah. They very much lean into the fact that fairy tales weren't supposed to be these warm and fuzzy family things. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. They definitely bring that home with the guy who shows up, though, with the way that they made this dude look. I'm still... Oh, my God. Have we figured I, out who the hell this guy even is, or is he just the guy yeah. behind the fairy tale misfortune? I don't know. Because um, Mr. Krabs plays... Uh, on IMDb, they call him the Granter of Wishes. On Wikipedia, he's called the Green-Eyed One. Quickly, before we get to his appearance, I just looked at the original release date. This movie was released October 28th, 2001. They knew what they were doing. This was meant to be Halloween. That explains um, his face. Yeah. So, on to his appearance. Josephine dies in childbirth. According to Wikipedia, uh, a long time later... When winter comes, John is, like, struggling to find food for him and his daughter and collapses in 
a frozen lake and sheds a tear that awakens a creature. But here's the thing. With the way that it's edited, it straight up looks like he just left his wife's grave and all of a sudden a blizzard appeared. Yeah, he literally <laughs> just is he's walking away from the grave and then he's walking to the blizzard. That's it. Yeah. It cuts straight to the blizzard. No explanation. It, it straight up just looks like a blizzard came in and he couldn't find his house. The dialogue that he does, or he says, does not clarify what he is looking mm-hmm. for, because he's looking for something. Yeah. But it's never specified that he's looking for resources. It just looks like he got lost in a blizzard that just randomly rolled in yes. for no reason. Yeah, but his tears then unfreeze and awaken the green-eyed one, or the grantor of wishes. Um, I'm just going to call him Mr. Krabs. So he asks Mr. Krabs for milk for his daughter, to which, of course, he gives him. Um, He then, of course, asks for his wife back and calls Josephine his queen. Which, um, asking Mm -hmm. for anybody dead back is like, you're going to get fucking pet cemeteried. Yeah. But, of course, Mr. Krabs can't resurrect the dead. But he says that he can bring him a queen and john finds himself as the king of his own kingdom and it's very much like he straight up tells them i don't remember being a king um it's so funny his court is just like you must have fallen and hit your head and then he's like i don't remember falling and the court's just like well duh no it put your crown on and shut up i know i it's so funny it's so delightful but as this is happening Mr. Krabs goes to see his sister, Elsbeth, who is a hideous spellcaster. And this is where I have to sit down and tell y'all, I'm sorry, but if you love Brothers Grimm fairy tales, I do too. They're full of anti-Semitism. Pretty much every witch within those fairy tales, it's just blatant anti-Semitism, which you can see in the character design of Elsbeth when she is quote-unquote ugly, which is also like the horrible beauty equals virtue thing unless you're being vain about it then you're a bitch um (laughs) yeah and also they gave her just nasty 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 box braids oh my god it's not it's it's not even like white woman on tiktok wanted to do box braids and bought a pack of connecolon this is like they just used her hair which if you it's know anything bad. about it hair really texture, bad. it was awful. Yeah, and she says this whole thing about like, oh, I want nothing to do with you. You made your pack with the darkness. You, who let you out? To which, of course, then I have to point to her garden gnomes and be like, didn't you petrify a bunch of innocent creatures? We we were given no reason to think that you were warranted in petrifying all of these creatures, especially when one of the seven dwarves who are all named after days of the week and all wear different colors of the rainbow. I adore them. I wish more people did rainbow dwarves because there are yeah. there are seven of them. Hello, it's only perfect. And they travel via rainbow, but they can only do it if they have all seven of them there. Yeah. That's going to come back into play later. They're also, I don't know how else to put it other than they're weather makers. They make the weather. Yeah, with these big like contraptions. They have an ice shaver to make snow and stuff, Mm -hmm. which I think is cute. I like stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure exactly what they're 
doing or like where they've been but they're like oh we're back now let's go find our friends so sunday goes to the witch's garden to get the gnome friends finds them petrified and also runs into elspeth who petrifies him (laughs) for merely existing in her garden yeah and after this mr krabs gives her beauty to which she thinks there's gonna be a price on him which he's like nope I'm filling someone else's wish. So just go along with it. You're going to be a queen. Let's go. (laughs) Which hilarious of him to rope his sister into this. That's very sibling for. I mean, honestly, everything about this. That is also something that I do kind of appreciate about this is at least to start. This is not the evil queen's fault. This is not Elspeth's fault. She was corrupted by her big brother who made a deal with this random dude he met and owed is like okay you can have my sister yeah i mean it does very much scream toxic siblings who have like a maybe two year age difference yeah um especially when he makes her smash the mirror after john rejects her because he can't love anyone but his wife and oh oh this made me so happy because they use the Snow Queen in this, because when they smash the mirror, shards rain down upon the kingdom, and one falls into John's eye. And from then on, he is enamored and in love with Elspeth. There is also a shard in his heart. Yeah. It's so <sighs> dramatic. And also, the effect of like the shards raining down on the kingdom was really pretty. And that's happening as he's trying to shield the baby. Yeah. Which, I mean, he does, but at what cost? Well, we know what cost. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. Don't apologize <laughs> to me. Apologize to Doris. You're going to have to hear your sh- laptop mic. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> no. Okay. Happy Halloween. I guess. <laughs> Happy Halloween. You get laptop mic jump scare. Oh, okay. So, after everything with the mirrors, uh, we jump forward 16 years. Snow White is now, like, 16, 17 years old. And they live happily in their castle. Elspeth, though, has the coolest room full of magic mirrors. She doesn't just have her, like, handheld. She has a room full. I would not call this a cool room. It's only a cool room because she's really vain about it. I This is, like, my nightmares of being in a room full of mirrors. I love it. It reminds me so much of, um... Oh, one sec. Let me look at my bookshelf. Where is it? 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 Shadow Song. Yes, that's it. Okay. The mirrors in this movie, the mirror room, reminds me of the one in Shadow Song, which is a labyrinth-inspired historical fantasy. What what are, historical fantasy duology? Duology, that's what it's called. <laughs> Cuz it's only two books, Winter Song and Shadow Song. Uh, beautiful books written by S.J. Jones. Um I'm, I'm just lost in the sauce on uh, these candy apples, man. They are really fucking good. Anyways. Uh, Bro. Anyways. 
We then fast forward 16 years uh, after the mirrors and everything. Snow White is grown. She's played by Kristen Kruick. Everything's normal. You know, they're used to being royalty now. Snow White's known nothing else except being a princess. And Prince Albert arrives. I don't know why, but he's there and he instantly falls in love with Snow White. To which Elspeth is- And his name is Albert. I don't feel like I'm allowed to- Alfred. Alfred? Alfred. You said Albert. Elspeth. I did? You said Albert. The first oh, and second. I was second. thinking Elspeth. Yeah, it's because there's Queen Elsbeth. Yeah. And Pr- Prince Alfred. Still, Alfred, Albert, I, and yeah. the vibes. Either way. It, it is a bit of a <laughs> it is a bit of a goofy name, yeah. but I don't feel like I'm allowed to complain because I dated a guy named Albert. Wait, what? So when wait, when uh, did this happen? In like middle school. Okay. Cause I was about to say You didn't when know the- me then. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Huh. Yeah, because I hear Prince Alfred, and all I can think is Batman. 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of these people have been in Batman, too. I, Clancy Brown, I'm pretty sure that guy has been, that voice has been in Batman the Animated Series. He has to have. I don't know, but it feels right. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Snow White, yep. this poor girl, yep. has been emotionally neglected by her father. Yeah. And as this is happening, Elspeth gets a horrible surprise because as Prince Alfred, who I'm pretty sure she's trying to pursue. Um, yeah, she is definitely trying yeah. to pursue him, which is weird because this kid's like in high school. Yeah, because that's the thing. This guy is at least 17 at the oldest. And she wants a new hot young thing instead of her age-appropriate husband. So she's just like, hey, hot stuff. Why don't you be my new king, He's Mr. Not into Prince? He's not either. He, he wants nothing to do with this woman. He hates No, but he adores Snow White, which pisses Elspeth off even more when she goes to her mirrors to ask who's the fairest of them all, and Snow White pops out. She finally min-maxed her, like, attractiveness. To which Elsbeth is like, okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to take the mirror shards out of my king husband and I'm going to put them in the prince. She goes to put them into the prince uh, when they're uh, at the ball dinner thing, which doesn't go well. (laughs) There's an accident and the eye shard goes into the attendant, the attending Hector's eye and the heart shard gets dropped and shattered when the prince steps on it. Which, iconic. Snow White is trying to kind of get along with the prince because, you know, they haven't really gotten to talk much, but it's really cool, whatever. But also her stepmother's being f***ing weird about him, yeah. so she's having difficulties. Yeah. Until, of course, he asks, hey, do you want to go bowl? This is when I found out that bowling is actually a, like, seven to eight thousand year old sport. Yeah, people have just been stacking pins and throwing rocks at them for thousands of years. Except the pins are the garden gnomes that are petrified gnomes and that um, Snow White adores. They make Snow White bowl and she shatters one of the gnomes and she is so devastated she just leaves. Yes, and she goes to the garden where the petrified Sunday is. 
the prince comes to her and they kind of talk he's like hey dude i'm so sorry like what's up and she ends up explaining sunday and how she feels like he's her only friend and that's so sad (laughs) it really is this man is a statue yeah so yeah so this happens they almost kiss and then hector comes to get her and says hey you're stepmother called for you let's go she's like okay this is weird but whatever it's just hector kind of weird but go off i guess to which he's then like okay one sec we're gonna go to the woods and check the traps she's like what i'm sorry what why (laughs) what traps (laughs) and they have this all back and forth to which she is very much not buying this but at the same time has no reason to not trust him so they end up going to the woods together. Knows something is up, but like I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna see where he's going with this. Um, to which then you know she f- frees the rabbit from the trap and turns around and Hector's about to stab her, and he starts to cry. He is o- so overcome with this, despite the fact that he has the mirror shard and is utterly enamored and in love with the queen now. But he cries out the shard like the king did and tells Snow White everything and that she needs to run. So she does. And he cuts out the heart of a deer because the queen asked her heart as proof of her death. To which she then takes the heart and puts it in the morning stew to serve to her and her husband. It's the juniper tree. I've never heard juniper tree before, so I have no idea what you're talking about. However, I do think it is really hilarious that the entire time the queen is there being like, ah, what a delicious stew, throws a heart in. The two, there are two people working in the kitchen and both of them are just staring at her like, are you seeing this? What is she doing here? Girl, get out of our f***ing kitchen. Yeah, the juniper tree is a very, very old um, fairy tale. Like, the version that I know isn't even the original. I don't think the original is even called the juniper tree. Um, But, like, 10 out of 10, go read it. It's, Mm -hmm. It's so good. The long and the short of it is... You know, the typical father marries a new woman. She has a daughter. He has a son. She wants her children to inherit everything. So she has this elaborate plan that ends in her killing the oldest son and feeding him to his own father. That's fucked up. buries his bones under a juniper tree to which he is then reborn as a bird that tells everyone what happened. That that's not like a comprehensive version, but that's like that that's like the bones of the story, for lack of a better word. <laughs> but um, back to before the heart soup, Elspeth gets frustrated with Alfred, especially because her plan to magically seduce him, um, is not done well, and he he's just looking for Snow White, so. She turns him into a bear. She turns him into a bear, which, by the way, this bear, the noises that they edit in for this bear sound so weird and off-putting when they first, like, 
introduce him as a bear, I literally did not know where the sounds were coming from, and it jump scared me because it, it was weird. Really? That's what that sounds like a bear to me. Yeah, but the way that they edited them in sounded yeah. really unnatural, and they also kept using the same like three bear sounds. Yeah. I hear the same three sounds for, from a creature, and I am weirded out. <laughs> They're not supposed to make the same three audio MP3s over and over again. I'm pretty sure, I am pretty sure that the whole bear storyline they have going on is referencing the fairy tale Snow White and Rose Red, which I don't, I know that I know this because I know I watched a Pu a puppet show of Snow White and Rose Red as a child, but I never actually read the story, so I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't remember that one either. I've heard of it, and I've probably seen something of yeah. it before, but I just don't remember. I mean, Prince turned into a bear, you know? <laughs> into Snow a bear. White and her bear prince. Because <laughs> um, he's from the bear clan? Or something like that? Um... It, in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. Because, God, yeah, no, all I remember from the puppet show, there's something about, like, the bear sitting by the fire, and he, like, his pelt gets caught on something, and it tears, like, cloth, and there's, like, gold under I don't know. I I was, like, five. <laughs> That's a lot to subject a five-year-old to. <laughs> Fairy tales, man. Yeah. Here's some... Here's some stuff for your brain to have to deal with. Here you go. Yeah, because legitimately, I just remember sitting there so deeply confused at everything. Like, I don't understand. I don't know what this story is. I was just told Snow White, and this is not Snow White. That's probably how I felt about it when I heard it, too, so I didn't commit it to <laughs> yeah. memory. Yeah. I should actually, like, sit down and read that one sometime, because all I remember is Snow White and a bear. And her sister Rose Red, so. Yep. <laughs> I think that's her sister. Maybe. I don't know. So, Alfred's a bear now. Not that kind of bear. Like, wood bear. <laughs> he's a baby bear cub. Except he's like a teenager-sized bear cub. Yeah. And then she finds out that Hector didn't kill Snow White. In fact, Snow White is very much alive in the woods. So Elsbeth kills Hector and imprisons John in her mirrors. Which is where we get to see him in low resolution. Yeah, that's where... <laughs> that's when the frame rate drops. Um... <laughs> but just for him. They just don't yeah. have good internet in the mirror dimension. Yeah. And Snow White is running off. She finds her parents' original home. She also finds the most beautiful white horse, which bows to her. It's gorgeous. It is a gorgeous horse. And then Wednesday comes by, um, one of the dwarves. And... The yellow one. The one who's the, yeah. the, the height of a grown adult man. Yeah, the tall one. Which was kind of hilarious. Uh, Wednesday, which Wednesday's child full of woe, it, they get their names from that poem. Uh, he tries to get the horse because he needs the horse, that's the seven dwarfs horse, to get the kettle from the house for their weather machine because they're trying to 
put together a storm. Snow White takes the horse and leaves. <laughs> to which, yeah, of course, Wednesday tells the rest of them, oh no, it was a big ogre. It was the biggest, smelliest ogre I have ever met, and it stole the The biggest, horse. ugliest troll in the woods. Yeah. In the woods, as they're going about, Snow White stops because she finds the most beautiful lavender girdle just on a rock. This has been sent by the queen. If you know the original um, Snow White, this isn't going to shock you, but it strangles her to death. It squishes her fucking ribs. Because yeah, it depends on the version that you're seeing but usually the way that original snow white goes is like it wasn't just an apple um it was first the girdle or corset depending on which version um which squeezes her ribs and squeezes the breath out of her then there's the poisoned comb which she puts in her hair and it scratches that one you would know from like 10th kingdom because that's how they kill the queen yeah um is the poisoned comb the final is the apple, which is not just an apple. It is half, um, half is dipped in poison and half is not. Half is Snow White. That is the safe side. Half is blood red. And that's how the queen tra- That's when, okay, okay. This is where I have feelings. <laughs> I have opinions. This, okay. Because I, I hate some of the disingenuous ways people talk about fairy tales and the princesses. Specifically like, oh, C Cinderella waited for someone to save her. F*** you. Just straight up f*** you. That, I didn't mean for that to come out so angry, but oh, oh. <laughs> Embrace it. Have your opinion. She did not f***ing wait for a prince to save her. She went to that ball herself. She didn't even go with the intention of leaving she just wanted one night where she was not subjected to her mother and her stepsister's bullshit she just wanted a night to be a normal person and the prince fell in love with her and yeah he did rescue her from there but you know what that doesn't change anything about the story she is not lesser because she was saved by a prince. She is not lesser because she wanted to go to the ball. It is a complicated domestic abuse situation. All the way off. And the same way with Snow White. Because I hear so many people, oh, she's just so stupid for taking a bite out of the apple. There's a f***ing reason in the Oh, I need to stop yelling. <laughs> <laughs> there is a f***ing reason. Oh, off. There is one half Snow White free of poison and the other half blood red is poisoned it's because the the queen cuts it in half and eats the unpoisoned half to prove to snow white that it's fine she was a teenage girl who was tricked into eating something poisoned because she was explicitly shown this is fine not only that but like in this particular instance the evil stepmother made herself look like Snow White's actual mother. And she shows up while Snow White is alone, talking all the about how she can make it so that she'll never be tired or hungry again. And don't you always get so tired? And don't you always feel so lonely? And this girl is 17. Yeah, because, okay, 
back up because there's even more to like this version that makes me angry with the way people talk about Snow White and the Apple. <sighs> okay, I need to <laughs> oh, chill. I did not realize how angry I was about this. Go off. Big opinion. <sighs> oh god, do I have opinions. Uh so after the girdle. Snow White is found by the dwarves and they take her in and she meets them and she's like, hey, okay, here's the issue. Um, or, oh, I forgot. Um, within all of this, Sunday broke out of the spell. Like, um, when the queen was doing her thing, part of, um, her spell hit him and re partially released him. He's only partially released. And he goes back with them and is like, hey, this is Snow White. She's my friend. And they're finally able to, like, be friends after this. And Snow White becomes friends with them. And they're like, okay, you know what? No, we're going to help you. We're going to, we are going to go to the castle. And we are going to get the prince and your father so that they know what's going on with your stepmother. Um, you stay here. You do not let a soul in. You do not let anyone into this house. Do you hear me? No one. And so they leave. She has, there's a bit with Wednesday in here where like he's initially deeply suspicious of her, but they end up like making amends basically. So when Elspeth finds out that Snow White is still alive, she prepares a poison apple. She also discovers the dwarfs trying to break into the castle. So, so she transforms herself into Josephine, Snow White's mother, because she knows that in some memory of a memory, that will endear her to Snow White. I of course, all the transformation stuff happens and the queen gets Monday. And she makes Monday show her how to get into the cottage. Of course, that means the other dwarfs can't use their rainbow power to get there in time. So by the time they get there, she, she has petrified Monday and used the key to get into the house to which she then convinces Snow White, oh, no, 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 the dwarf sent me. They were worried about you while they were getting your father, and they sent me to get you. See, I made it inside. I was able to get in. So she cuts the apple in half. I don't remember if in this version she eats the white half, but in many versions she does to prove that it's not poisoned. Yeah, she yeah. ate the white half. She at least took a bite. And holds the red half up to Snow White's lips while convincing her to eat it. And she does. Oh, God, that scene always gets me. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. No matter what version of Snow White it is, nine times out of ten, they do get that scene and the horrid tension right. Um, so Queen has done it. She goes back and she uses the mirror to transform out of Josephine again. Problem. 
she turns into her old self, except older, because it's been 16 years, to which her brother, Mr. Krabs, appears and says that her evil deed cost her this piece because the only reason he turned her into what she was was to fulfill his debt to John, who saved him. Of course, the dwarfs are unable to revive Snow White, so all is lost. Alfred is stuck as a bear. Uh, he's been chasing Snow White throughout all of this. She's dead. Um, and Monday is a lawn gnome, so. The prince bear has been going through it because he's been trying he's been trying to help snow white this entire time but because he's been a bear she didn't know it was him and also he was a bear so Mm -hmm. he couldn't do much but eventually like the queen put him in a snow globe and just left him in the forest in a snow globe eventually like a wolf picked up the snow globe and it pushed it into the river ended up in a river and then a raccoon grabbed it (laughs) A raccoon picked it up and broke it, I think? No, 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 no. Uh, no, it, a raccoon didn't break it. It just played with yeah. it. It was Sunday who broke it by throwing it against a tree to which the bear oh, yeah. is able to get out. And they then together all put Snow White in her final resting place with the statued um, version of Monday. And then the bear basically sled dog pulls them all. Yeah. To snow. They then encase her in a frozen ice coffin. Very Tenth Kingdom-esque. I adore very it. Very Tenth Kingdom-esque. I love any version that f- literally freezes Snow White. Um, yeah. I don't know why. It's just so pretty. It is a gorgeous imagery to have. Because the ice and crystal aesthetics are always really pretty in this. Ice is basically just a crystal made of water. And you cannot do a fantasy thing without making the crystals look, like, actually good. Ooh, this is, okay, this was a moment. This was probably the best moment when we watched it. Yeah. Which was, (laughs) as, you know, it looks like all is lost, you know, the poor queen, she's like, you know, lost everything because she was so greedy and vain. Um, But, you know, the heroes are still, you know, stuck in this horrible way. Literally, as they were about to be like, you know, oh, this is it. I said, if this was a real fairy tale, that bear would lick through the ice and wake Snow up. You know what happened? He licked through that f***ing ice and woke her up. She gets true love's first kiss from a bear. (laughs) <laughs> also, I need to I need to say something here. They mm. used an actual bear for this. Yes. This yes, is not did. a CGI bear. This is a no. real bear. And this yeah. bear is the most baby bear I've ever seen. Not like physically baby, but this is a yeah. good boy. This is a kind of yeah. bear that that like makes people want to hug bears like they are dogs. Because this Literally... is just a dog in bear shape. Literally, the second this bear appeared on screen, I said, I want to hug it. Yes, this bear is such a good boy. Yeah, but yeah, I was right. He licked through the ice um, and licks her face, and that counts as true love's first kiss, I guess. I mean, that bear spent so long licking that ice, he had to have loved her so much to spend that long. So, 
Um, with that and the queen's downfall, the spell is broken on Alfred and uh, Sunday and Monday. And Elspeth's mirror shatters, freeing John from his trap. And then Elspeth is cornered and freed by all of the unpetrified gnomes from the garden. And she herself is turned to stone. Oh, wait, no, no, she didn't turn to stone. I misread that. I think they just killed her. Yeah, no, they just killed her. So yeah, and now free of his sister, which doesn't make sense um, because Mr. Krabs was the one pulling the strings all along. Um, Mr. Krabs is able to go on his merry way and walks on water and then fades into non-existence. He's... They said in the beginning he made his deal with darkness. That... There... <sighs> He's this... he's the ultimate bad guy in this. He's Who obviously is this guy. Oh, God, that Who is, is my one guy? gripe with this. I love everything about this. Pretty much, I, I don't love everything with Elizabeth that we were criticizing earlier. Yeah, though you know what? What they brought up at the end mm-hmm. after all of this is done, and the prince and Snow White go back to the castle to be with her father without the evil stepmother. The, um, the seven dwarves are just, like, on to Sleeping Beauty. That was delightful. That was so cute. was delightful. But also, like, what do you want to bet Sleeping Beauty is in a situation because of the same dude? But yeah, that, that's where it ends. Um, that's the end of the story. And... (sighs) You kept saying throughout this that people apparently thought this was a terrible movie. I don't get why. Literally... It's so stupid. I This is such a good movie. Yeah. It is no worse than any other fairy tale movie that I've yeah. seen. Because, no, I found it through reviews where people were basically like, nah, it's stale. It's pretty boring. It's not all that fun. Um, and I don't trust any of their opinions. <laughs> yeah, there are so many more stale fairy tale movies than this one. There are ones I literally do not remember anything of, even though I know I've watched them. Because they were so f***ing lame. This? This was good. This was a good movie. They took a f***ing chance. That's the thing about they it. They did. They, they saw what they wanted to do and they said, f*** it, let's do it. Here's the thing. Okay, here's the ultimate thing about this. This is not Snow White's story. This She is a main character, but this is not her story. A mixture of a bunch of other fairy tales, which, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of fairy tale movies are. So, like... Yeah. She is just, like, if anything, this is Elsbeth's story. Yeah, it really is. Like, of all of them, she is the closest thing we have to, like, a true main character. Yeah. You know? It... And I, I like that. I enjoy this. This is just a generally just a good fairy tale movie that honestly, in terms of aesthetic, there's a few things I can compare it to. But like in terms of how the movie actually like feels, feels, it's it's its own thing. It's its own experience. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading um, the development part of the Wikipedia. So I, I need to stop getting distracted. It gives me time to eat my apple. It's just been sitting here staring at me. Um, In order to write the script, I'm quoting Wikipedia right now. In order to write the script, Caroline Thompson, 
went back to the original written account of Snow White, published by the Brothers Grimm in 1912. She came to the decision that the folk tale was about the fear of change as two women, Snow White and her stepmother, came to adjust to the changes they were facing in life. Noting the original 19th century folk tales were far darker in content than most 20th century adaptations. She sought to utilize some of these darker elements in her adaptation. The idea for the green-eyed one, Mr. Krabs, um, was introduced by co-writer Julie Hickson. Thompson noted that he was a genuinely moral being. Okay, okay, no, that's bullshit. Genuinely moral being who helped, who tried to help other people, comparing him to the genius of the peace found in I late medieval. I can see how they no, would say that, no. but that's not how he turned out on yeah, the you screen. <laughs> they literally say in the beginning, you made your deal with darkness. Um, bruh. The only reason he helped John is because John freed him from his captivity. And he is straight up toxic older brother core. Like, they do both have toxic sibling energy, but, like, he's definitely the one contributing most of that. Yeah, this is... that That is such bullshit. <laughs> okay. Aww. I hope we got that crunch off. My chest is starting to itch. I hope I'm not going to have a worse reaction than usual. I usually don't wait. eat as much apple. Dude, wait, wait, hold... Is this... <laughs> Did you forget that I'm allergic to apples, bro? Why would you make candy apples if you're allergic to them? I didn't make these. I thought you made them. What the f*** are you talking about? You left a package on the porch. You, left you told me you were dropping stuff off. It was uh, with the, like, little repair kit. I didn't bring any apples. I left the repair kit and there was nothing on your porch, dude. I thought you left these in my place. I thought you had your mom drop them off. Um... I don't know. The chest is really starting to itch, actually. I, um... The Benadryl. Yeah, yeah, go take a bed. I'm gonna... I'm gonna go call Mom. Uh, um... Dude. Oh. Dude! Dude, are you okay? Rat! listening to you got to know be sure to share with your friends and family music by kevin mcleod